you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks. And, Buck, I feel like right now we're in, I don't know, maybe mile two of the marathon right here for the NFL draft. We oh, know. weird. Yeah, we're just at the beginning. We're just kind of getting going. We're still kind of shaking the, the kinks out, trying to trying to get into a flow, trying to get into a rhythm, finding a way. But it is coming, and it is coming fast. Like, we're only a couple weeks away from seeing some of the best college football players kind of do their thing on the turf in Indy. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way. Like, we're not having to generate – storylines and nope. topics like this draft has it all built in uh it is absolutely built in um I, I think anytime you have quarterbacks you're gonna have a lot of interest and because these quarterbacks are so similarly graded similarly rated there's so much natural conversation and debate about who should be on top who should be first second third fourth all those things i think it's kind of easy and there's some star playmakers. We got guys at the running back position that people know about household names guys that are playmakers so I think it's an easy draft to discuss and talk about. We're going to really have to kind of whittle it down and try to focus on the big topic things. And those, a bunch of people on uh, on Twitter have been hitting us up and asking when Path to the Draft is going to launch. And I believe that is March 19th. March 19th, a Monday. So that will be after free agency has kicked off. So we'll have a feel for uh, what big-name players have uh, changed locations. And so we'll start right then, Path to the Draft, March 19th. I believe that will be 6 Eastern uh, on NFL Network. So be on the lookout for that. We've got between now and then we've got the NFL Combine, we've got free agency, so we've got a lot of stuff uh, to take place. On today's episode, though, give you a heads up on what's coming a little bit later on. We're going to talk about building your team up the middle, the uh, ideal players in this draft to build your team right down the middle. Being baseball season, getting ready to kick off, it's something they talk about in baseball uh, all the Pitches time. and catches, kind of running around, jogging from foul line a little to long toss, line. A little long toss. A little long toss. But then we're also going to talk about who do you love? What concerns do you have about some of the top prospects? Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Derwin James, Roquan Smith, and a couple other guys. So, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, fascinating discussion. I'm really excited about this draft class. Also, just a couple guys that we've been looking at lately that jump off the tape. We'll try and sprinkle those in throughout the episodes. Just, hey, this is what we've seen lately. This is uh, something that's interesting to us, and uh, we'll throw it out there and have a little to- a talk on it. But uh, I think we start out here right, right quick, Buck, with – a little game we have here. It's just take oh. some players, and we'll go, what do you love about them and what concerns you about them? So kind of the good and the bad with these guys. We'll leave the ugly alone. We'll just go good and bad. It's, it's funny because I'm looking at the top, and I have this LL song, Who Do You Love? <laughs> oh, that's, that's you good, for sure. I love that jam. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I feel. But I think with these guys, um, there's so much to like about them. But then as the scout, you're also you do, trying bro. to pick. <laughs> trying to you didn't think I had that one in the vault. Uh, I knew you had it in the, I knew you had it in the vault. I knew if I gave you enough bars, you could feel it. I had to re re go through my mind and replay it, and I finally, boom, I got it. Right. But, yeah, with all of these guys, these top guys, I think it's really intriguing at the top, um, guys that are talented, but there's a couple of things that you're concerned about that kind of prevent you maybe from going all the way in on their talent and their potential. All right, let's start here at the very top. I know you've been doing some work on this guy as well lately. Baker Mayfield, what do you love about him? What concerns you? I love the competitiveness. 
I love what he brings to the table. Uh, you talked about him being the energizer bunny. When he takes the field, everyone raises the juice level on the team. He has that impact. He's an infectious competitor, a guy that brings a lot of zeal to the table. And then when you watch his game, big-time playmaker, a guy that can do it inside the pocket, does a great job of making things happen on improvisational plays, very accurate, does a great job of running an efficient offense at Oklahoma. And even though he's surrounded by what I think is a star-studded cast on the outside, he is the driving force of that offense. And if you're going to drive in Lamborghini, you need to be able to drive it. He knows how to get the car to the winner's circle. So I love all those things about him. The thing that I'm concerned about, I'm still worried about the size because he's still not the prototypical height that you would like to see at your franchise quarterback. And coming from an old school of thought where you don't necessarily expand first-round picks on guys that are right at that six-foot mark, it is hard to kind of change and rewire your brain to be like, look, this guy's a first-round pick. When I've seen Drew Brees go outside the first round, I saw Russell Wilson go outside the first round in spite of having outstanding accolades as collegiate players. And then the final thing is just the character stuff. Um, he's a bit of a, a wild guy, off not necessarily off the field, but sometimes his competitive arrogance takes over. And he had the obscene gesture, whatever. I don't know if it's necessarily a big deal, but it's something that you just have to talk about it because he will be the represent the representative of your franchise, and can you trust him to make the right decisions on and off the field? Yeah, he's a fascinating one. I mean, we've already talked about him a little bit um, in the early portion of the draft coverage here. But to me, when I talk about the things I like, I just wrote down tape. I love the tape. When, when I watch him, I love it. I love the, the ability to – uh, make every throw. He's got underrated arm strength. I love his ability to maneuver it within the pocket. I love his anticipation. I love his accuracy. I love how quick he works through progressions. There's a lot to love about him on the tape. No question. If it's just the tape, my grade will stand way up there. The thing that's holding me back from just going all in on Baker Mayfield is I just wrote down the word maturity. Um, and when you try and look at at quarterbacks, I, mean, I wrote down a couple things. I wrote down maturity. I wrote down poise, question mark, and that poise is on the field as well as off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being able to be control, being a little bit more control of your situation. I know some people have compared the the fiery on-field demeanor to Phillip Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Some okay. people have used that. I've never seen Phillip Rivers no. do what he nope. did in the Kansas game. Nope. Right? And Phillip Rivers off the football field is either is changing diapers or watching tape. <laughs> He's not running from the police. So, like, that that to me is – that's not a, a fair comparison when you look at those two guys. So, I worry about a little bit the poise on the field, the poise off the field. And just the question – I don't think he's Johnny Manziel. I'm not saying he's Johnny Manziel. But at the end of the day, do you want to be a celebrity or do you want to be a quarterback? And I think – I mean, I think that's, that's a very valid concern. I think the one thing uh, – you talked about the tape. The one thing that showed up and I watched – God, I watched five games um, – Last night when I was doing the evaluation, I went all the way back through. Um, I didn't watch the playoff games, but I watched the Ohio State game. I watched UTEP. I watched K-State. I watched Oklahoma State. And there was one other game that I watched against them. I can't remember right now because I don't have my sheet with me. And the one thing that kind of stood out a little bit, I worried about the deep ball accuracy in terms of he gets it out there, but I felt like – a lot of air under the ball. And it was a little underthrown at times. Now – the Texas game, he dropped a one in the bucket about yeah. 60 yards. So, so, so now the thing is, having watched him in the senior bowl, I didn't have those same concerns. And so I'm kind of jaded by what have I seen on tape versus what did I witness firsthand uh, at the senior bowl. I saw him drill bang gates and push the ball down the field and have all that. So I don't think his arm strength is a concern, but I think it's just a matter of just making sure consistently those deep balls, when we get those home runs, we knock him out the park. 
No question. That, that, that's uh, Baker Mayfield in a nutshell. There. Let's go on to Josh Rosen's second one. We're not going to go through all the quarterbacks today. Just sprinkling in a couple of them. But Josh Rosen, what do you love? What concerns you? Uh, He's your top quarterback, by the way. I saw he, you, went that, he, you went out he is, there. He is my top quarterback. I mean, I think the best way I could describe him is he's the natural. Um, the cleanest release, the cleanest form when it comes to the mechanics of throwing the ball from the pocket. It is beautiful watching him throw the ball. Uh, the ball comes out. He can throw it with touch. He can throw it with timing, anticipation. He can throw it with zip and accuracy. He can use every area of the field, and it really looks very, very easy and comfortable for him. I think from an anticipation standpoint, I think he's one of the best anticipatory throwers that we've seen. He throws it like an NFL quarterback should throw the ball. Ball is released well before the guy comes out the break. Typically, it hits right in the strike zone. All those things are great. I think the biggest concern with Rosen will be his lack of mobility, even though I think he maneuvers and slides very well within the pocket, and the durability concerns. He has missed parts of the last two seasons, and he only played three so as a franchise quarterback, as a longtime starter, the expectation is for that guy to be available each and every Sunday. We've seen Eli Manning play, what, 200-plus games. That is what the franchise quarterback is supposed to be. You've talked about Drew Brees is rarely injured, has never really missed any games. Phillip Rivers, the same. Can Josh Rosen be a guy that is available to take the ball every Sunday when we walk out? That is one of the major concerns with him. And then, you throw in the personality and the things that have come out of UCLA about his interactions maybe with coaches and even his teammates. Are you comfortable with this guy being the face of the franchise? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot different to offer from you because I, I'm with you just on the on the feet. You look at his, his setup, his release, the velocity, the anticipation, the accuracy. I mean, he's, he's outstanding in those areas. When everything is on time, on schedule, uh, he's protected, everything's clean, he's going to look better than anybody else in this entire draft class. My concern is the lack of creativity. Once things break down, can he get you out of a bad play? Can he, can he rescue a play? Uh, that's one of the questions, questions I have. The biggest question is the availability. Uh, you got to be able to, to have a guy that you're going to take in the top five of this draft. You want to know he's going to be out there each and every Sunday competing for you. Uh, you know, look, you look at Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz got hurt last year, but Carson Wentz also, from the from the creativity side of things and being able to make things happen off schedule when things break down he did a lot of unbelievable as unbelievable things in that part of the game Josh Rosen doesn't give you that and you also have the durability issue so it's kind of it's a tough hurdle to get over if we're going to go play seven on seven Josh Rosen is the guy hands down no question he's the best thrower in this draft but there's more to it that goes into it I, I still think ceiling wise extremely high I want to see him get a little bit better being able to escape, and I want to see him prove that he can get out there each and every week. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head because without question, if it was 7-on-7, seven seven, we knew that he wouldn't get touched. He absolutely is probably the best guy because he plays the game the right way in terms of his timing and anticipation is everything that you expect from an NFL an top-tier NFL quarterback. However, you talk about the lack of creativity. Yes, because every play call is not going to be great. Now, if he's smart, he looks at how Tom Brady has – learn how to manipulate the game from the pocket, not being an A-level athlete, and found a way to be successful. Josh Rosen should be, needs to pattern his game after TB12 and do some of those things. If he does that, if he just learns how to just be a little clever and crafty within the pocket so he can get the ball out, he certainly can deal and dice people up from the pocket. No question. So he's going to be a fascinating one to study as we go forward. How about Derwin James? What do you love about him? What concerns you? Derwin James is an A-plus football player in terms of he is everything that I would want as a foundation player on my defense. 
I love his size. I love his athleticism, his toughness, his versatility. I believe there's nothing that he can do in the middle of the field in the back end. He can drop in the box and be a run defender. He can come off the edge as an additional pass rusher on blitzes. He can play the deep middle and be the enforcer between the hashes. The one thing that you worry about with Derwin James, the production right now hasn't matched the prototypical dimension that he brings to the field. We've been around him. We love the personality, the alpha dog, the leader, the high IQ. He just hasn't produced to the level that you would think of a guy with that size and that kind of skill. Some of that is due to the injury. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at the resume, you would think that the resume would have a few more accolades based on what he brings to the table. No question. Uh, to me, I, I look at what I love about him, and it's the most underrated aspect in a defensive player especially. That's energy. Mm. This guy brings major energy to his side of the ball. You can watch him. Went up to the opening where you were doing your thing up there. Loves watch it. him around those kids. This dude loves Loves ball. ball. High yeah. energy. You feel him. You feel his presence when he's out there. I was around guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You feel him. You feel Derwin James when he's out there. I, I love the athleticism that he brings, the versatility. But to me, the concern is a little bit – involved with what his strengths are. He can do a little bit of everything. You have to know what role you're going to use yes. him in. And in my opinion, what he does best is he's going to be a box safety for a single high-look mm -hmm. team, or he's going to be a will linebacker for a two-high safety Ooh. team. I like him in that run-and-chase mode. Let him use his speed Maybe. and athleticism, get him out in space underneath where he's close to the line of scrimmage where you can blitz him, he can cover tight ends, he can cover backs. That's where he has the biggest impact. I don't see him as that high safety yep. having that type of impact as a guy. You know, like, like Landon Collins, to me, can do both equally really well. I, I don't know that Derwin plays the high safety as well as a guy like Landon Collins can play the high safety, but I think both guys are dynamic when you put them down there. I think you, you, you actually put something in my mind that I hadn't thought about. I hadn't thought about that that dollar back a role mm -hmm. for him. But if you think about a Dayon Buchanan. He's, what, he's a much better version of Dayon Buchanan. And what Dayon Buchanan has been able to do for the Arizona Cardinals and the way more teams are running sub packages as their base package where you have that hybrid player that's a safety linebacker that can do a couple different things. He can be in the box. He can be displacing apex, kind of play tight ends and be able to do some things. Derwin James absolutely could do that. I think the big reason why you want Derwin James on the field, you talk about the energy. I think about the toughness. Yeah. He is a football player, meaning he is going to punish guys when he has an opportunity. And if we're trying to really set the tone, because we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars defense take a different tint when they put all those alphas on the field, I believe Derwin James is a guy that is kind of like a culture changer when he is on the field. I love the kid. Want to see more production, but he certainly there's a way to make him a star in this league. We well, talk about the lack of production and finding a defined role. Same critics of, of Jalen Ramsey, right? Yes. Didn't have that ball production you wanted to see. Didn't know is he a corner, is he a safety? It's worked out just <laughs> it's worked out just fine for both of them. All right. Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia. What do you love? What what worries you? I love sideline to sideline playmaking. I love his tenacity, intensity. The way he plays the game is something that you would draw up in a textbook on how to play linebacker. His ability to always hunt and find the ball, those things are special. I love the way he elevates his game in big games. The bigger the game, the better he plays. I like all of that about him. What I may be a little concerned about, um, having got the measurements, I, sometimes I feel like he plays – a little small. He's going to be like, two, like low 230s. He'll yeah, be like 232. I, I, I feel like, like he can be en engulfed a little bit at times by like bigger physical offensive linemen. Can he always find his way to work around cracks and crevices to get off blocks and make plays? But in a in a league where 
playmakers are coveted at a premium, I want Raquan Smith on my squad because I know he's going to make some plays. I wrote down my strengths, the FBI's football intelligence and range, outstanding. Um, I, I like the comparison. Somebody in the league told me this one, and I'm I'm with it 100%. Jonathan Vilma coming out. There's a lot of similarities between Roquan and Jonathan Vilma. And in terms of what he what concerns me, you hit on it. He needs he needs to bring Big Brother with him. We talk about linebackers. You want to pair them up. You want to have a floater and you want to have a thumper. Yeah, he needs, he needs to, to bring just bring the Big Brother with you. Yeah, let him do the thumping. Yeah, let let Little Brother run around and make all the plays. I, I think that's that's a very valid thing. And I think as we think about building a team and building the perfect defense, you do need to have those guys that understand those roles. You come from Baltimore, where you saw Bart Scott play opposite. Yep. Ray Lewis, you saw him take on. Let him be stuff. the Tasmanian Devil and go make a mess. That's, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, you go handle that, and then Ray Lewis will go and clean up and get all the love because he <laughs> makes all the tackles. Like someone has to be the sacrificial lamb, and I do believe he needs to play in a defense that allows him to play off the ball and run and chase and have free hitters. So if you don't have that big brother, then what you need to have is a big, monstrous nose tackling yeah, three keep technique. Him clean. Occupy the block is let him run and chase. All right, Harold Landry. Uh, I know this is the edge rusher that you're high on, especially here. For yeah, you know, see, give, yeah, give me what you got, Harold Landry. I love the first step quickness. I love the instincts as a pass rusher. I love the production that he had a season ago. Uh, what I'm worried about is, man, he didn't have the same kind of year that he had his final season at BC. He was banged up with injuries, and the production certainly isn't there. But I think if you're a scout. You're looking at the entire body of work. There is something that you can unearth in Harold Landry. When I look at him at his best, particularly from a season ago when he had 16 and a half of sacks, he reminded me a lot of Von Miller in terms of his get-off and his ability to attack you from multiple angles. I think the big thing will be what kind of athlete is he when we get a chance to test him at the combine and how is he recovered from the injuries that prevented him from being the dominant player that we expected in the ACC. Yeah, the numbers definitely tailed off a little bit this year, but you, you explained why. Uh, what I love about him, I love his ability to bend and wrap. I love the motor that he plays with. He plays hard. Yes. To whistle. I love that about him. My concerns, 6017. He's under six foot two. And anytime you have an undersized guy like that, you better be, have just a crazy explosive first step, or you better be able to get underneath guys and jack their wig yep. with some serious power. And I don't know if he has either one of those things. So I think he's a natural pass rusher. He's got great hands. He can bend and wrap. Just a, I'm, a, I'm tempering it a little bit just because the lack of size and then not having that elite trait, whether it's the speed or the power. I don't think he's elite in either one of those areas. Really good, just not at that top shelf level. I, th- I think, I think, and there's a valid concern because I didn't see the same first step quickness that I saw a season ago. Yeah. However, what he does have, he has a natural dip and rip move yep. that is going to allow him to get home each year for ten sacks. Um, it's something that he obviously has stolen from um, elite players. He looks like he has been paying attention to a lot of Von Miller because the move <laughs> is very, very similar in terms of the way on that third step he gets his front shoulder down, dips it, pops back up, and is able to turn the corner. There's a value in having a guy that can get to the quarterback. The size is a concern, 6017, certainly is not ideal. But depending upon the defense, we have seen some of those undersized pass rushers have success in 3-4 defense is coming off the edge from the open side. Let's keep an eye on that, too. With uh, Let's see how the arms measure in Indy. That'll help him. As yeah. an undersized guy, you want to be long. Yeah, you got to be able to, you gotta be able to create separation from those long offensive tackles. So, yes, it has to be something Some, that we look at. Something to keep an eye on there. All right, the next guy, last guy on the list here, we're going to go over what we love and what concerns us. But before we get to it, 
Uh, we're going to let his coach uh, tell us what he thinks because Carrion Johnson is the name, running back from Auburn, and we had a chance to catch up with the Auburn coach, Gus Malzahn, down in Mobile and ask him about his talented running back. All right, excited to be here with Auburn head coach Gus Malzahn. And, and Coach, are you exciting for you to have all these players yeah. out here from Auburn at the Senior Bowl, but I'm going to throw you a curveball. Talk about the kid that's not here, yeah. and that's that's your running back, Carrion Johnson. Can you just roll us back through the recruiting process mm-hmm. and what you saw from him and, and wanting to bring him into the fold? We started recruiting, and we felt like he had a chance to be a special player. Just his athleticism, he's very intelligent. Um, you know, he has a great skill set and really football savvy, and that's really what stood out to me when we were recruiting him. You know, Coach, having had an opportunity to look at him, he's not only a special runner inside and outside, but he catches the ball out the backfield. In today's game, how important is it to have a running back that's so versatile? Yeah, it's very important, especially with what we do. But And the thing that KJ can do, he's such a great protector. And I think that gets overlooked. And uh, he's got great courage. Uh, he can really dissect things when things change. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And what, what really impresses me is he's very patient. And he's got great ball security. So I really think he's a very versatile, complete back. It's funny when you say patient because when I first watched him, I reached out to Bucky. I said, man, this – it's got a little Le'Veon Bell to him with just yeah. his patience to be able to see and sort, and then once he pushes yeah. the go button, he can really go. Yeah, he, he sure can, and he's a tough guy too. And um, I got a lot of respect for him, and he's just a great person. I think he's going to be a great professional. You know, Coach, when you think about running backs and how important they are, how important is it to have a workhorse back, a guy that can carry yeah. the load and kind of do everything if you need him yeah. to be the guy? Well, I think that's what you saw this year. I mean, he's got that killer instinct in the fourth quarter. That's when he's at his best. And, you know, he can carry the ball 30 times you know, against the top teams in, in college football, and I think that says a lot about him. Last one from me, Coach. Is there any kind of a story that you think that's a great example, not only what type of player carry on is, but maybe what you're getting as, as a person? Yeah, he's a tough guy. Uh, a lot of times he'd be banged up early in his career, and I'd go to check on him. Hey, you okay, Coach, I'm good, man. Just, just let's do our thing, you know. So he has that mindset and that toughness about him. Pretty interesting uh, conversation there with Coach Malzahn on his star pupil there in Carrion Johnson. Well, I mean, I think he has the best um, seat in the house in terms of being able to look at the kid every day. And when I look at him, I see a versatile running back who is smooth, who has the ability to kind of do so many different things from that dot position. He can run the ball inside. He's effective. He has enough power to break tackles. He can turn the corner when they put him on the edges, catches the ball out the backfield. I think he has the ability to become a very, very good route runner. And so you get a three-down back, a guy that never has to remove the field, leave the field, and he has the ability to impact you and impact the game as a receiver. That's ideal in today's game. Lev Bell, David Johnson, Ty Gurley, all those guys have been able to make that impact. That's what you get from a Kerryon Johnson. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, and I, I talked about the patience in the in the interview there with the coach and, and the elusiveness, the shiftiness that he has. And I don't throw, throw this out there lightly, haven't been around him, but LaShawn McCoy, he's got a little bit of that looseness to him where he's able to miss, sure. make guys miss in tight quarters. Uh, concern. I just, he doesn't have that top top juice. But I, the more the longer we do this, Buck, we talk about it all the time. How overrated is that? I mean, let's not get carried away with the. It's overrated at the running back speed. position. I, I believe you need to be able to play the game in a ten yard box. It is really about the stop start quickness, your ability to make people miss, uh, finish runs with power and authority, and then catch the ball out the backfield. And I actually would move that last thing that I brought up to one of the top traits. Being able to catch the ball out the backfield is more important than anything now because people are turning towards the running back to be the ultimate mismatch creator. He is the one guy that can get open versus linebackers and defenders where if they're pressing your guys on the outside, you can turn to the running back to get some production in the pass game. All right, a coach who listens to our show um, sent me a direct message, and this is a it's just a real quick topic. It's not even on our sheet. I'm just thinking of this as we're talking about these running backs. 
But he said, are you concerned about Saquon Barkley's negative run percentage and what other running backs in the past that, that were like that that had, you know, but what he's getting is a percentage of runs that go for negative yards and viewing him as a quote-unquote home run hitter. Um, is that does that concern you at all with Saquon Barkley? What do you say that? Well, I mean, obviously you don't want to see negative runs, but I, I think it kind of depends on the style of play and what he was asked to do. Um, in that offense at Penn State, it was supposed to be an RPO-based offense. He really shouldn't have had negative runs because no. the ball shouldn't have been handed to him unless it was an obvious read for the quarterback. I'll go back and look at it, but ideally I think when you're looking at Saquon, the reason he's attractive as a quote-unquote home run hitter is not just what he does as a runner, but a lot of it is what he is able to do as a receiver that has really been underrated or undervalued. He is a guy that I envision catching 50 to 60 balls out the backfield while also being a 12 to 1,300-yard running back on the ground. And so when you think about that kind of production – Think about Ty Gurley and how Ty Gurley was able to be used. I want him because I never have to change my personnel grouping. I can keep him on the field. I can move him out wide. I can do so many different things. That is why he is valued over some of the other guys at the top of the board. And when I was thinking of guys, okay, similar, I wrote down Chris Johnson. Chris yeah. Johnson, you would watch him. Maybe not negative runs. Even would be one, two, one, three. Oh, four. 80? Boom. <laughs> it was like, let's go old school. We did a, we did a song earlier. Let's go uh, – how about do you remember uh, this is I believe it's a Will Smith. Oh, not a big hit, not a big, not hit, not a big but, hit, but it was a uh, it was boom, shake, shake, shake the room, and then went oh. tick, 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 boom. That's it. That's I, the I, run. I, that's I it. Hytham that, loved that back there. Hytham is in the back. That's and he, certainly, he is that's all about that. Was that Will Smith? Hytham. Oh, uh, there's also that. a song that the the ride went and 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 tick 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 boom something like that. Sully's a little more new school, I think. Sully's a little more a little new Nashville, Nashville, no more country. Boom, shake the room. Yes, was it Will? Was it Will Smith? thank you. It was Will Smith. It was. Yeah, tick 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 boom. There you go. That's that's. I was hoping Saquon. I was hoping you weren't going summertime or anything. Like oh no, that. <laughs> Buck! Here it is. I didn't know. It's a groove. Okay, slightly I was, transformed. I was, I was hoping. It's, it's I was just hoping. a little bit of a break from. I was the hoping. Norm. I was trying to figure out where you it's were a going. Something to break the monotony <laughs> of all that hardcore. All right, nice. yeah. I'll, stop. I'll stop. All right, let's. Uh, we're almost running out of time here. Let's roll, I'm thinking let's about the quick. hives. Tick tick boom. The hives. Yeah, 2007. 2007. A little bit past my time. Yeah, a little bit later. I'm a 40 year old man. Now, <laughs> I can't. I can't be talking about 2007 music. Uh, Real quick, but guys that jumped out lately when we watched him on tape, uh, I wrote down Jesse Bates, the safety from Wake Forest. I had no boo about this guy. Uh, I watched him. He's he's six two. They list him one ninety five, which is a little bit slight, but he has got corner movement. He is fluid. He's explosive. Watch the Louisville game. He sucks up Lamar Jackson the alley several times. He does some stuff over the slot. I think he could play in the nickel if he wanted to. He's got ball production. He's tough. Does have some missed tackles. He'll get over aggressive at times and miss some tackles. But man, he's a safety you need to know in this draft class. He's he's a good player. See now, I'm Wake guy. Forest. How about that, Buck? I know Carolina that, man. I know that was my second choice. Wake, Wake Forest. Wake go. is Wake. fake. Is that what it was? I don't know. We don't pay attention. To Wake <laughs> Forest. We don't, we don't pay attention. To that. But however, that was my second choice because. Have you looked at this guy at all? I have not had opportunity to I look never, at have you, I have never heard one word about this kid. I'm just amazed that you were able to find him. Wake Forest. I was going through the digging. combine list. And I was like, who is yeah, this kid? You had to do some digging. He can digging. play. He can't. Look, Wake Forest has done a good job. Dave Clawson has done a great job of turning this program around, getting them back on track. So I'm sure they have some really good players. I'm excited to dig into them. My guy comes from a similar program, Wisconsin. Troy Fumagalli, 
Oh, nice. in from Wisconsin is a guy that, look, I watched him in the Big Ten Championship game. I watched him throughout the year. Um, his story we just posted on NFL.com, a guy with only nine fingers, but he is a big-time pass catcher, does a great job of plucking the ball and doing some things in the passing game. And when you go back and you look at the tradition that Wisconsin has had in terms of producing tight ends, I think he's going to be the next one that makes his mark in the league. Saw him a little at the senior bowl. I like the height. I like the pass-catching radius. I like what he does a little bit as a blocker, but more so as being able to just kind of get open he's functional the numbers. I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance to be a nice value tight end somewhere. Think about middle round, third round, fourth round, somewhere there. I think he's going to have a shot. i got to finish him up. I have not finished him up yet. Just from the little bit I've seen, though, I came away thinking this guy's functional in the run game, which is a compliment in today's, it's a compliment. In today's like, football. I mean, like most teams are not even using the tight end. They're just putting a six offensive lineman in. So the big thing is can he be functional? Does he embarrass you when he's – Asked to block in the run game, but more importantly, can he do something in the pass game? His size, pass catching radius, certainly a big target over the middle of the field. All right, uh, before we get to building our team up the middle here real quick, this is the cool thing about living in Southern California is that all these players, so many of them train out here. Yep. And so over the last couple of years, we've both had the opportunity to sneak out and watch some of these guys work. And I know you've gone out and seen Rosen in the past. Absolutely. I'm looking forward. I think we're going to go see Rosen. Is that later this week or, or next week? Yeah, I think next week. Maybe next we'll week. go, we'll next go week. see Rosen. That's next Rosen week? And James. Okay, yeah, yep. we're going to go see Derwin James and, and, uh, and Josh Rosen work out. Yep. Uh, but there's so many guys out here. So I had a chance to go with JP, your guy Jordan Palmer, who is a great quarterback teacher. Yep. I, every time I've been around him, I learned something. That's the, the highest compliment I can give somebody is I, f- I feel like I'm there. I'm there to watch the players and get a better feel for the players, get to visit with them, which is great. But I'm sitting there as a former quarterback and having two boys that play the position. I'm sitting there taking notes. Look, look at this drill. <laughs> this is great. They, okay, how, why are you doing this? Yep. He does some cool stuff. But anyways, yes. I'm a big fan of his. I went down there and watched. He's training with uh, Sam Donald and with Josh Allen. Uh, I get a chance to watch those guys and visit with them. Just two little nuggets I wanted to throw out there um, to share with you and the, and the folks listening. But it's always fascinating. What are you focusing on? What are you trying to improve? And when I looked at Josh Allen, what they were doing with him, what JP's doing with him, is Josh Allen overstrides at times. And so one of the reasons why that happens is because they're talking about how when he gets to the top of his drop, he's too narrow. So when you're too narrow to start from, then you overstride. Yes. And then you have the ball drop and you see the ball take off. So they are really, really working with him on balance and getting, you know, staying aligned and not and not overstriding. Don't get too narrow, which gets you too wide. Uh, just stay nice and balanced. So they're working on that. And when it lines up for Josh Allen, but he rips it when it when it's lined up. It's a matter of consistently getting him in that position. That's what they're working on with him. And I think if they can shore that up, because his footwork is certainly tied to his accuracy issues, yep. um, he can he can become the player that everyone thinks that he could be at the next level. I think the big thing with Josh Allen is as he's learning how to utilize these tools that Jordan Palmer is equipping him with, can he get enough reps to make it become very very natural for him? If he does. This guy, I mean, who knows? The sky's the limit. Yeah, no question. It, to me, it's just getting that stuff ironed out. I think he is the ideal candidate to go to a place, just give him one year, maybe two years. Don't throw him out there right away. Just be patient with him, and it could have a really nice payoff. Yeah, I know it's early, but, man, like if you're just going to script a situation for him that's perfect, it's really the Giants to just go sit behind Eli for two years yeah. and then learn from him and be able to go. He's a young kid, man. He's 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 – Got some stuff to still figure out, but I do believe in what he ultimately can become. He's got it all in him. I mean, he has all the tools. He has all the traits. Like, ultimately, he is the one that scouts are going to wrestle with. Is it the 
traits, the potential versus the, the production. production. Yep. How do you go about it? How do you make that decision? How about Sam Darnold? What yeah. do you like? Sam Darnold, is, uh, it's interesting. They're really working on unlocking his hips. He's got a live arm. When you go down there and see him live, he's got plenty of arm. Now, Josh Allen has a freaking huge arm, so he doesn't have Josh Allen's arm strength, but it was windy down there in San Clemente. And Sam cuts through it real easy. Everything is – the way I would describe it is Sam is always – every throw is like a A minus B plus, A minus B plus. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Accurate, consistent. I know exactly what I'm getting. But they're working with him on unlocking his lower body a little bit more. He gets a little bit more life on the ball when he does that. But all the off-platform throws and all the different drills they do, he just he's easy. Everything's just real natural. Really good athlete. Great former, athlete. Former basketball player. Was a big-time basketball player that could put the ball in the hole. So, I said he could dunk pretty good, too. i got to oh, find some I'm video sure. of that. I'm sure. This was a big-time player. And obviously, we've talked to Clay Hilton. Clay Hilton is big on believing that quarterbacks should be basketball players because the vision and some of the athleticism, those traits translate to football. The thing with Sam Darnold, really – and I don't know if he can answer it in workouts, ball security. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest thing that anybody ever has on him is, A, calming himself down because he's such a gunslinger, such a big-time player, an A1 competitor, that he wants it all. And sometimes you want him to just kind of understand, like sometimes the defense wins, we'll take the check down, you yep. don't have to be a hero. And then when you feel the pressure around you, just secure the ball so you don't turn it over. So that, If that, he can master those things, look, man, the dude is, the dude, is a dude. I don't want to uh... – I don't want to reel him in too far on being aggressive. I Absolutely think that's one not. of his good qualities. But on the second point, it's interesting what they're doing. So uh, Jordan Palmer has him, when he's not in a drill or when he's waiting to, get, to throw, he always holds the ball in his left hand. The thought being, when you watch Sam and a lot of his fumble issues happen, when things break down in the pocket and he wants to get out or move, his hands separate. So when he's going to when he's trying to get out of trouble, his, his instinct is to separate your hands and move. So by carrying the ball always in your left hand, you're you're constantly drilling into his head. Keep your left hand on the ball at all times. Mm-hmm. So you, your left hand's on the ball. You slide around, move around. Just make sure you, your left hand never comes off the ball. I thought it's brilliant. It's a brilliant teaching point for him, and that's something that Jordan I give him credit for for identifying that, coming up with kind of a creative way to put that thought in your head. Yeah, he just has to understand. Take care of the ball. Value the ball. Um, as if your life depended on it. I think those are the turnovers that I'm more concerned about. I'm not worried about the guns with the you. turnovers. The, the, the it's just more so me. in the pocket, the fumbles, and those things. And that is why, and I've talked to you a little bit about it, but Sam reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston in terms of like how they play and how they move. I think he's a better athlete than Jameis, but I think some of the things that Jameis has struggled with as a pro has been the fumbles and just kind of understanding when to let it go. I think they're very, very similar in that aspect, but you're right. I don't want to rein it in because he's going to make far more plays than he gives up by being that guy that kind of toes the line when it comes to the conservative nature of his play. All right, we got to do this quick here because we're really down to our last couple minutes. We talked about building your team up the middle. It's a philosophy baseball teams believe in. You've talked about talking with folks that really believe in any sport you want to build your team up the middle. Yeah, a long time ago I had an opportunity uh, when I was playing in Jacksonville. Dick Duran, who was the defense coordinator time, long-time defense coordinator in the league who played at Yale, um, he always told me, look, Building your team in football is just like building your team in any other sport. You want to build it strong down the middle. In baseball, we talk about pitchers, shortstop, second base, center field. The catcher plays a pole. Basketball is the point guard in the center. And football is right down the middle. Center, uh, quarterback, you think about Mike linebacker, free safety, D-tackle. You need to have strong guys in those. And so the exercise that you propose Let's go. is what is your favorite team building it right down the middle? So I'm going to read off my list. Yeah, go for it. Read off my list at center. I feel like. 
I feel like the Chicago Bulls announced yeah. at center <laughs> from Ohio State. Ooh. By Billy Price. Billy he, P. Billy P would be my center. Quarterback, I'm going to still stick with the natural. I know you would go with Sam Darnold, so I didn't want to have the same You name. can't give my list while you're I giving just, your list. I just, not know, I just know who you would pick. So I'm going with Josh Rosen okay. at running back. I have Darius Geis for Whoa. LSU. I feel like he's Switch a little underrated up, in terms of what we're talking about. Then D tackle. I know we're in agreement on this one. I don't know. I think we are. I don't know. Unless you're going to go Maurice Hurst. Are you going Maurice Hurst? No, I'm not going. You going Vita Vea? Nope. I went Derek Nottie. Whoa! Something different. Just, just give me something different. Ideal, because I can't take all the number one. So I'm trying to take some other guys to build okay, it. Okay. Okay. Linebacker. I'm really. We're really not going to agree on this one. Oh, who you got? Josie Jewell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Josie Jewell from Iowa. Nice. Iowa. And then I'm gonna finish at safety. I'm gonna take Derwin James to play behind. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, if this was a basketball I just needed an air horn, I felt like. If this was a basketball team, there'd be a running clock in the fourth quarter. Oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's what Josie, Josie would foul out, I feel like. He's, no. too, he's, a, no. he's a tough sideline to sideline. I'm, I'm Brad taking people out. I'm uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, you're under, you can be Steve Kerr and just, just roll the ball out. Steve Kerr uh, leaving his team to coach. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, that was I pretty like cool. All right, I've, I've, here's the You'll take all the number ones. I what am. fun is I that? I want the best team. What fun is that, said, though? We're talking about the same guys. Build your favorite team up the middle. Favorite, not best. Yeah, favorite. I like winning. That's favorite. why they're my favorite, favorite guys. Favorite guys. James Daniels, the center from Iowa. Sam Donald, the quarterback from USC. Saquon Barkley, no-brainer, the running back from Penn State. Defensive tackle, Vita Vea, who's – I think we're efforting to get on the show here in the next week or so. We're going to try and get him on. See, but I knew you would take the number one. So if I, Jermaine if I Edmonds, a linebacker. Guys, if I mention all those guys. And Minka Fitzpatrick, I like it safety. If I mention all those guys, it's redundant. No one wants to hear the redundancy. Look, we're going to no, play the we hits. We're going to play the hits when it comes to so TV. How did you, how did you rate uh, for your top fives with Daniels and Price? Just for the top fives. I think I had I think I had Price and Dan. I had Price. So it depends on what games. scheme you run. If you want to bang yeah. people, then Price is your guy. If you want to be a zone team and yeah, the kid, the kid from Iowa is outstanding in terms of moving player. around and being athletic and by the way, making things happen in space. Be honest. What? Be honest. What? When you saw James Daniels center Iowa, did you think he was a white guy or a black guy? I didn't really think about it, but I, I probably you had, come had, on. Yeah, Daniels, Daniels over Price. Okay. Okay. Fuck I probably you. assumed. I probably assumed that maybe he was a white guy. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And the, the tape that I watched at first, they were in there all matte black. Oh yeah. So you so didn't know. Like, so I was like, I've like, told this guy? story before. He didn't move around. That's Is he my, playing guard. My greatest. Is he playing guard. Do we have? Do we have my guy playing guard instead of center? Let me go back and look at the video. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's my great. greatest compliment I've told it many times was the recruiting letter I got <laughs> to, to Darnell Jeremiah. It was the greatest compliment I ever had. It's like, oh, he thinks I can run. This is great. All right, we got to get out of here. I got to go do a little, uh, do a little work across the street. That's going to do it for us here on Move the Sticks. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 